So I don't know about you, but this time of the year can be very full. We had a very full household last weekend. Some of our best friends came to visit, and my mom and her sister. And so we had people in every bed that we owned in the house. We had people on two couches sleeping. Uh, we had to do dishes after every meal. You know what that's like. We went through two loaves of bread for lunch, and it was a very full weekend. Calista was in the Nutcracker, we had church, there were a lot of things happening. But it was so good. It was worth the time, it was worth the effort to make room. So we've been in this series on making room this Advent in different ways. Today we're talking about making room for others. Advent, it's a time in the Christian calendar where for centuries, people fasted twice a week. They also re, what's the word? Removed themselves from certain social activities. And both of those things allowed a sense of yearning, literal hunger, but also just the lack of those things reminded them and remind us of what we are missing, which is peace on earth and peace for eternity. Today we're going to be talking about making space for others, and we're going to be continuing in the book of Luke. We actually don't have the passage on the slides today, so if you're not going to be distracted by other things on your phone, feel free to pull up your phone and you can follow along in Luke chapter 1. We're going to pick up the story where Mary has just been visited by the angel Gabriel, and she freaked out a little bit. Uh, this is the same angel that visited Zechariah in the temple, where he also freaked out a little bit. Elizabeth's going to have a baby. Zechariah's very old, we hear from Zechariah, very old wife. The same message was shared with these two. They were both with no um, work of their own. They're both going to have baby boys, and they're both going to be great. Elizabeth and Zechariah are way past the time that women are able to produce what they need to make a baby. And Mary is 14 and eligible for marriage, but has not had, shall we say, relations so that that could be possible. And she is engaged to be married to Joseph. So we pick it up in verse 39. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea. Now I'm going to stop there. The word hurried stands out to me as a mom of three preteen and teenagers who are in just a handful of activities. There are the good hurries. We get excited because, oh my word, the northern lights are out. I don't care what time it is, get your coat on, let's go. Or I remember a time that Brian's sister, we found out, had gone into labor, had not had the baby yet, but we decided to drive to the Twin Cities where everyone was waiting so that we could be together to wait and then we could celebrate when the baby had come. Mary had a good hurry. She'd gotten this message and she wants to go see her cousin right away. It means haste and eagerness. She probably cannot wait to tell someone about what has happened to her. They were related, we find out, we don't know how, it just says that they're related. So they have some sort of relationship already. And as we see, they not just have pregnancy in common, they have a deep faith. So verse 39, at that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. 
When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Verse 42, in a loud voice she explained, exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored? That the mother of my Lord should come to me. As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. Elizabeth is very pregnant. She is five or six months along. And not only is she very pregnant, like when I was pregnant, I felt so full I could barely breathe because it was like pushing on my lungs. It also says she's full of the Holy Spirit. Now this phrase is very unique in that in the scriptures up till this point, it didn't happen a lot. After Jesus was resurrected and the Holy Spirit descended, lots of people got filled with the Holy Spirit. We know that John the Baptist, in utero, before he's born, will be filled with the Holy Spirit. But now Elizabeth, too, is full of the Holy Spirit. Mary, you are the mother of my Lord, and you are going to have a baby. How does Elizabeth know this? Mary just got the news herself. Then she hurried to the hill country. There's no text messaging at this point. There's no, thank you for that. There's no immediate communication in these days. So again, because she's full of the Holy Spirit, she prophesies. She knows things that she could not know on her own. And she looks at Mary and says, blessed are you. Now, I just saw someone at the Y the other day and I thought she's pregnant. But if you don't know this, especially children, don't ever ask a woman if she's pregnant. You just don't do it. There are a lot of reasons why, but just don't do it, okay? So there's this woman at the Y. I've been looking at her thinking, I'm pretty sure she's having a baby, but I did not say. Well, praise the Lord, on Friday, she was wearing a shirt that showed just bones, you know, and her, and then a heart, and then it was two, two uh, skeletons, baby skeletons. And I thought to myself, I think it's safe now that I can say congratulations to her because this shirt was over her belly, Okay. That is the only time it is all right to say to someone, congratulations, when are you due? Unless you're Elizabeth and you're full of the Holy Spirit and you see Mary, the mother of Jesus Christ, coming in your door. That's just a little side note. You're welcome. (laughs) And even if Mary had been filled with the Holy, I'm sorry, Elizabeth, filled with the Holy Spirit, knowing this knowledge, how does a baby inside who's five or six months old? No. That also proves what had been prophesied. This baby, before the baby's born, is going to know things. That baby inside, forming, knows that Mary, the mother of Jesus, has just come in the house. Elizabeth also knows Not just that she's pregnant, but that she has been choosing faith. Because Elizabeth likely also knows she's engaged. And she's engaged, but not yet married, which means she and Joseph are not yet living together. Choosing faith in this situation is a big deal. 
Well, I would like to say that Elizabeth is Mary's positive pregnancy test. Mary has had this interaction with an angel, and she's chosen to believe, but we don't know if she's told anyone else. We doesn't know if she, we doesn't know. We don't know if she's thinking to herself, am I crazy? Did this really happen? Am I really going to have a baby? Maybe that was part of the rushing to the cousin. I got to tell somebody about this. I'm wondering if I'm losing it. I mean, how many people really have angels appear to them and tell them that the baby is going to be coming? Oh, wait. Actually, your cousin, relative, had something similar happen. Why don't you hang out together? So Elizabeth is confirming what Mary has been told, something she's already chosen to believe. But now she has Elizabeth in the flesh, pregnant by five or six months, most of us show. Now, a bit of a side note. Mary and Elizabeth, throughout history, healthy biblical history, really herald these women as model Christians, willing to physically, emotionally, and spiritually trust God in amazing situations. Women who have led the way for us to have examples of how we respond when God asks us to do very difficult, sometimes physically difficult things. Now, Mary has this time with the angel, and she runs off to go to her cousins, and then ends up spending three months there. So Mary needs some time to prepare. And as we talk about making room for others this morning, some of you out there might say to me, you know, that's great for you, Sandy, because you're an extrovert. You love being with people. You get energy from that. I am not so much that way. Well, be encouraged. Mary herself likely used some of that time to ponder, but we know later on, chapter 2, verse 19, maybe you remember this from other Christmases, where it says, but Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. Mary also spends time just thinking. I learned a new phrase a couple of weeks ago. I was taking a spiritual um, disciplines uh, class, and they talk about the word interiority. Have you ever heard this word? And it's a critique that we in the United States don't have much interiority. We don't have an interior life. For instance, can I throw you under the bus a little bit? This morning, the five askers were in the van coming to church. Now, for some of you, that's not a big deal. But the five of us have not driven to church together for maybe five years. It just doesn't happen that often. We all come at different times. So we got in the car, and Brian and I were like, oh, my gosh, and Calista, oh, my gosh, look at us. We're driving to church. So, of course, what did we do? What would you have done? You took a picture. And then what would you have done? Posted it somewhere. We had to tell somebody about it. I said, Brian, put your phone away. <laughs> Let's just enjoy the moment. Now, this is totally fine. I would have done the same thing. So would everybody else. No judgment, right? But there's that instinct to tell someone or post it or share it. And that's okay. I love that. That's part of who I am. I have a very hard time holding stuff in. But there is a place for keeping all this and pondering it in our hearts. Space is important at Christmas. Part of the making room is making room for Jesus. All right, then Mary says, verse 46, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. 
For the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. God has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. Then it says in verse 56, Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months and then returned home. This section of scripture, Mary's song, or some people call it the Magnificat because the first line in Latin has that word in it. This song of Mary is worth a sermon in and of itself. Maybe next Advent, that's what we should do, is just go through it line by line. Churches, depending on their disciplines and their liturgy, pray this or say this every day. It is a prayer. When I use my common book of worship or if I am using the prayer of the hours like I do sometimes from the Anglican Church, every single night, this is a prayer. It is a psalm. It is a song. She probably didn't realize it then, but it became one of the ways that she shared the testimony of who Jesus was. It was not necessarily just her praising God. It was something with Elizabeth, and then obviously Luke eventually heard about it. But she made room for all of us, unbeknownst to her probably at the time, she made room for all of us to understand more about Jesus by taking time to worship. Within it, God talks about the upside-down kingdom, the shift of power. Not the rich, not the powerful, not the people on the throne. All people who could have heard about the birth of Jesus, but as Brian will talk to us on Christmas Eve, those were not the first ones who got to hear about Jesus. God wants to flip the script and use an old lady and a 14, 15-year-old, unmarried woman from nowhere to change the world. Mary says, I'm no longer lowly, I'm exalted. God is going to give grace and mercy to those who fear him. God is going to lift up the poor and the humble. And the proud, sorry, there's no mercy. Mary speaks of political power being brought down. Likely a comment about Rome, the people who are oppressing the Israelites right now, and longing for the day where they will have freedom. The hungry will be filled. God makes room for others. Those who seem to be excluded, God is making room for them in the kingdom. Showing to us through Elizabeth, Zechariah, Mary, poor old Joseph. We haven't talked about him this year, but wow. Can you imagine Joseph's journals in the midst of all of this? Mary and Elizabeth made room for each other. Elizabeth was maybe glad to have company. I don't know if you remember, but Zechariah is mute. He is not able to talk. And I don't know, if I'm 65 and pregnant, i got to talk to somebody. And it, we're told that Elizabeth goes into seclusion for five months. We don't really know why. Maybe it's because she was old and she was afraid of how the baby would kind of be coming along. Maybe it was because Zechariah really was quiet and not talking and maybe he was depressed. Or maybe he just needed a lot of help because he couldn't go out and do his normal things. We don't know, but I am sure 
Elizabeth, and Mary. Man, can you imagine being there for coffee and listening to those two talk and dreaming about these boys that are growing inside of them? Elizabeth and Zechariah had to make room physically in this home where they had lived for decades, and now it was like, man, where are we going to put the baby? Do you think that was hard for them? No way! You know people who really get into, like, the nursery? God bless them. We didn't do that so much. But you can see, like, I mean, there's art on the wall, and everything's color-coordinated, and they've got the thing decorated, and they have matching stuffed animals. That was joyful. Mary and Joseph, I don't know how they felt about making room for Jesus. Or Joseph being like, you know, I knew I was getting married, but I didn't understand that she had a kid already. But they made room for baby Jesus. The flipping of the script. The power is not going to be at the throne. It's going to be in a baby. Born, lying in a manger, needing a diaper change, needing help. We have the opportunity to make space for others this Christmas. Sometimes it's hard and unexpected and uncomfortable, and sometimes it's so good. Amen?